You are listening to the Going Paperless with ADHD podcast with me, Morgan Dotson, and I'm excited about today's episode because it'll be fun and a little bit shorter than normal. Um, But I also, before I get started, I want to let you guys know about the next opportunity to get live coaching from me for free and even coming to a call on, I always do them on the second Tuesday of the month at 2 p.m. Central. Um, So this episode will go live on, I think, February 8th, which actually happens to be the same day as a call. So if you missed today's, you can put the next one in your calendar. It is March 8th. Again, it's the second Tuesday of the month at 2 p.m. Central, right? March 8th at 2 p.m. Central. How many times can I say 2 p.m. Central? (laughs) So put that on your calendar. If you need the link, if you haven't already been to one, I use the same link every time. So if you've been to one and you save the link, way to go. It's the same one. Just go, um, I put it in the show notes. There's a link in the show notes as well as on my website. It's a big obvious pink thing at the top. Just put your name and email in there and you'll get the link right away. Um, Feel free to share it if you know someone that needs help or would like to come. Everybody is invited. So even if they've never heard of the podcast, everybody can come. Um, One thing that's really fun about these calls is when someone comes on to get coaching, so you can raise your hand and I can call on you and bring you up on stage, quote unquote stage, the Zoom stage, right? Um, So that requires your video and audio. Um, And then, you know, we can do some coaching on your specific issue, which is, of course, helpful getting coached directly. But then the people watching or the people paying attention in the background, um, you know, they, they may just be taking notes or they may be putting their stuff in the chat box. Um, it is always really, really powerful for me to go to a coaching call. Whether or not I actually get called on to be the one getting coached by my coaches, it is so powerful to come with like an intention or like I need coaching on this one specific thing or one of these two specific things that I'm dealing with in my life. Um, Having that in my brain and then filtering all the coaching everyone else is getting through that filter, I always get what I need, even if I'm not the one to get coaching. Another thing that's so powerful is I'll be, I'll be watching a call or listening to a call, even if it's a recording or I attended live. If I'm watching somebody else get coached, they may be having some other random issue that may seem unrelated, but then whatever their issue is, they're just, you know, at a different stage in their awareness of, of something or, you know, just a different experience of something. And then they say what they're struggling with. And I'm like, oh my God, I have that exact same issue. Or like, maybe it's an issue, you know, with one person, like a boyfriend. uh, But maybe I'm having that same issue with like my sister or a friend or, you know, you can swap out the circumstance being the person you're having the issue with, because it's all just our thoughts anyway. The circumstance is only so relevant to an extent. So it's like, oh my God, I didn't even know it, but I have that same exact issue. And a lot of times, even just hearing them articulate it, even if you don't even know what they got coached on or hear the coaching they received, it's like, oh my God, I can almost just solve that problem just knowing how to articulate it. That part there is going to be extremely helpful in the next step, not this episode, but the next episode that I do um, about taxes. And that one will be all about just kind of articulating some reasons you might feel like you want to poke your eyeballs out doing taxes. Um, And a lot of those will be helpful just to hear it, you know, repeated back to you or, you know, articulated in that actual sentence versus like a a vague thing in our heads. But um, so come to that. Everybody's invited. You're invited. Come. The other thing is if you're interested in getting coaching from me and working with me as a client, I have spots available. So just go on my website or in the show notes to book your free 90-minute consult and I'll get you started there. Um, And and even see if coaching is a good fit. On occasion, um, it's possible for, you know, somebody to come to me and maybe they're maybe a better fit for therapy. It's rare, but um, we can just sit down and kind of talk about where you're at and where you want to go and um, what kind of work you're wanting to do. So that being said, I think, I, I don't think I've given you, given you, given you the quote for this week, but this episode, so this episode is fun, right? This one, 
it's kind of a long title. I try not to do long titles because usually when I'm like a consumer of podcasts, I'm like, if I have to read a novel before I even listen to the episode, I'm out. <laughs> Anyone else? So I try to keep them short and sweet usually, but this one's a little long, but it'll make sense. So this one, I'm going to title it. The fact that you have desire for something proves it's possible for you to achieve it. That's so fun to know. And I'll dive in. So, but this quote is actually from one of my mentors, my coach is Brooke Castillo from the Life Coach School. You guys have heard me talk about her before. She's amazing. Um, her podcast is amazing. That's probably the best place to go learn about what she does and, and her, her work. Um, her podcast is called the Life Coach School Podcast. Obvious. Okay, so here's her quote. I think it was one that was like inside one of her coaching calls inside of Scholars. And then they... They put the quote like on the newsletter and I'm like, oh, that's a good one. So I took it. So here it is. I don't believe that there are average people. I think everybody is extraordinary. I think the only difference is people willing to do the hard things get to experience how extraordinary they are. And that quote obviously is perfect for this topic this week because I want to talk to you all about. So I think even this was something I heard like years ago in a random coaching call, like somebody just randomly mentioned it and it just totally blew my mind. So today's topic is if you have desire for something, that is all the proof you need to believe that it's possible. Desi it's also helpful to know what desire is. So desire, when I say desire, I mean like a true wanting a pure, like a pure wanting of something. When I say desire, you can have desire for brownies and Oreos. That's not what I'm talking about. That would be a false desire, meaning it gives you a net negative consequence on the back end. Kind of like you pay the interest on the back end versus like me wanting something just from pure desire. Like I want to own my dream home and have it just beautifully organized and decorated. Like that is a desire that I have that I don't like have to pay for on the back end with like over I'm overweight and you know brain fog and like I'm not very healthy like that's that's an example of a false desire and I'll give you a couple other examples of what I don't mean when I'm talking about this topic of the podcast so and I wanted to share this topic because it comes up all the time um when I'm coaching clients or if I'm on a consult with somebody and um you know it's 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 I don't, I don't even want to say obvious. It's just like, obviously, when you start something new or want to start working towards a result that you have never gotten before in your lifetime, obviously, you don't believe in yourself fully. Like on a scale of one to 10, I would say clients usually come to me at like a three to five, right? In their belief that I can go paperless, I can become digitally organized, I can completely transfer over everything to my digital calendar and only use that as the main way to, you know, plan and track my time. And I can set up all the systems that I need and all the routines that I need to feel organized and on top of things, right? If your belief was already at a nine or a 10, it would mean that you already have done it. Right. So like my belief when I say I believe that I can go paperless and live as paperlessly as possible and set up the, the systems that I need to be organized, to maintain that organization forever, not just like for a, a roughly six month window. Right. Like I have those systems in place to keep me on track. Right. I believe that I can find any file that I scan and save. I can save any kind of information, look at any kind of piece of paper or like thing I get in the mail and know exactly what to do with it and exactly if I need to save it and how I need to save it, whether it's you scan it and save it as a PDF, which is the boring plain Jane thing, which is pretty standard regular, or if it's like, hey, I have a spreadsheet with all that stuff in it ongoing Maybe I need to pull a number off of it and throw it in there. That kind of stuff, right? So when I say all of that, my belief is already there. It's already at a 10 because I've done it and I'm there. The only reason you would believe at a 10 is if you have the result that you wanted, right? Like you don't, you, you like have to believe from scratch ahead of time 
until you do it. You won't, it, it, you think, I think a lot of times we think, and I think this is even a podcast I'll do sometime soon too, is like a lot of times we think when we start something new, that we have to believe fully ahead of time that it will happen or else it just like is impossible. And it's like if I, if my action and the level of results I've gotten is like a, like a two of two out of 10, I think that in order to make it a 10 out of 10 in like actually having the result that I have to believe like all the way up here at a 10 out of 10 beforehand in order for it to be possible. Now, Notice the, di like, it's a small difference between I have to believe at a 10 out of 10 in order first. Let me think. It's like, we have, we feel like it's like, okay, it's just a thought error being like our thought. It's just like a thought glitch and like, well, if I don't believe it's possible, I must not be able to do it. Right. But it's like, nobody believes that they can do it fully before they do it <laughs> or else they'd have done it. Right. It's like, if I... If I, if I had the desire to be an Olympic athlete, right? The Olympics are going on right now. If I had the desire to be an Olympic athlete, but I'm like, well, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I can do that. Obviously, I'll never do it. Okay. So I'm going to give you a couple examples of the, just the amazingness that is this theory. And not even like theory. I don't even know what to call this. It's just like, it's just facts, right? I believe this as facts that the fact that you have desire for something that you want to do or achieve it's there for a reason and i did a podcast episode on uh your desire gives you direction that was number 56 and this one will be i think 61 so it's only a couple ago right so it wasn't that long ago where i did a podcast episode if you heard it on your desire gives you direction basically the cliff's notes is your desires are important, right? They're there for a reason. And if you are feeling lost or like, I don't know where to go next or what do I want in my life? Like you ask the question, okay, what do I want now? And a lot of times that helps direct where I take clients and coaching calls. It helps direct me in if I'm feeling particularly scrambled or like I just don't even know what to do with my day or my week or my life. And so just asking the question, okay, what do I want? It helps clarify where you wanna go. So that's relevant here too. So, okay, let me pull up. I made, I actually made some notes for you guys. Um, now I wanna give you a couple examples first of what I don't mean when I say the fact that you have desire for something means that it's possible. And it's loading, so bear with me. Okay, here it is. A couple things that I don't mean when we talk about the fact that you have desire for something means that it's true or it uh, means that it's possible. Like think about if I, if I said, so if I want to get back together with my ex-boyfriend, that means it's possible, right? No, that's not what I mean. So sorry. <laughs> or, um, I want to win the lottery tomorrow. I want to do that. Like me, I'd like to do that. That'd be cool. I'd be okay with that. I'd allow that to happen, right? But that's not what I mean when it's like a true desire for something that you want to do or become or achieve. Or like I, I thought of this example yesterday of like, if I wanted to run an international drug smuggling empire, does that mean that it's, it's possible for me? I guess maybe, but also kind of like a law of, if you guys study the law of attraction at all, I dabble in it. I wouldn't say I'm like, you know, expert, deep diver, extraordinaire, but like I know enough stuff to be dangerous with it. <laughs> um, you kind of have to like flip it. And so instead of saying, I want to run an international drug smuggling empire, maybe, I mean, maybe you do. That could be a, a desire that you have, but maybe it's possible. Like you want to run and own, like you want to own and run a successful product-based business that sells your products all across the globe, like internationally, right? So maybe it's a drug smuggling environment, maybe, or maybe it's like you want to own an international product-based business and have it be really fucking success successful. That could be it, right? Okay. Now that I got that part out of the way, now here's a couple examples. Like, so I want you to think about like you and your life. Like there, there are things 
that feel obvious in your life. Like it just feels obvious of like something you want to do, but you don't really recognize it as like something that you have desire to do or become. It feels so obvious. And especially if you've gone a really, really long time and not, you know, worked your belief up to a point where it's like, I can do that. You're probably in the stage of like just extraordinary self-doubt and really trying to solve for that by taking lots of action. Now, I'm going to read some of my own examples. I'll also throw out some of your guys' examples, whether it's from coaching or just from anybody else I know on the planet. These are going to be all kinds of examples. So when I say I don't have desire, like I said earlier, I don't have a desire to become an Olympic, Olympic gymnast. Right? I did like tumbling when I was little. My parents told me I was really good. Was I that good? I don't know. Maybe. Right? But like right now, if you ask me, Morgan, do you want to be like an Olympic gymnast? I'd say, not really. Would it be kind of cool? Like if that was what I wanted? Like, sure, I guess. But like for the most part, like I don't really want that. Right? I don't want to become a car mechanic. I don't want to start my own garden. No, thank you. <laughs> um, I, I don't want to be a person that does CrossFit. I just, that's, I'm not interested in that. Right? I also don't want to own and operate a bakery business, right? So those are some examples that, I mean, could they be possible? Like, could I go start a bakery business? Sure, but I don't want to, (laughs) right? So those are some examples that like might help you understand what wouldn't make sense under here. Or like, I even have heard the example of like, well, I don't want to, I don't have the desire to become like a, like a professional athlete, like a women's basketball player, I, I, that's, I don't have desire to do that. I also, it's probably not possible for me. Probably I would have had to start when I was like coming out of the womb playing basketball, probably. Does that make sense? Okay. Now, here's a couple fun examples that I do have desire for. And I also want to throw some fun ones in there. I made another list after I made this first list yesterday of things that I have in the past had this desire for, and then I did them. So that's also fun. Actually, let me do that list first, and then I'll do the other ones that I haven't accomplished yet. Okay, so some of these are my own examples. I can also probably sprinkle in some other random ones. Like, okay, so previously at any point, previously from now in my life, I have had the desire to you know, like even when I was overweight, like obviously, especially when I was overweight, I had the desire to be in a body that was at its natural weight. That didn't, I didn't want to carry excess weight on my body. I wanted to be the type of person that is naturally thin, not effortlessly. Don't mistake naturally for effortlessly. It does take work to maintain it, right? A body like this. So I had desire for that. And it was kind of one of those things that like, would whisper to me every once in a while or you know it's kind of just like a slow like like a steady whispering like a like a not a not always a whispering but just like a like a nudge right like over time over the years it's just something that I have had the desire to do turns out it was possible because I did it right several years ago you guys know I started with life coaching because I wanted to lose weight and I like, you know, just kept following the breadcrumbs of that. Eventually it landed in life coaching land. And that was, you know, one of the main things that helped me lose weight. All, all of these tools that I have now kind of copy and pasted over to going paperless and becoming digitally organized, especially with people with ADHD. You know, the other main thing was discovered I have ADHD. That also is extraordinarily helpful in helping me lose weight because once you can understand your brain, even if you don't do much with that understanding, just having that understanding, like just mind blowing. And it, it becomes a lot easier to lose weight. So those are some examples. Some other things are, I wanted to become the type of person who walks. I want to be a walker, right? Notice earlier, like if I wanted to become the type of person who does CrossFit, I, I probably would be on that path, but I don't want that. So I'm not on that path. I would rather be the type of person who walks, 
And I want to be the type of person who does yoga regularly, right? Like here, like I have somewhat recently within the last like six months been dabbling occasionally and doing some Qigong. I met this guy on lunch club and he knows like everything about Qigong and I was sold and I've been dabbling in it, but I'm not like here, here, this difference. I'm not a person that does Qigong regularly. Now, if you're not familiar with Qigong, it sounds crazy and, and weird, especially if you've like never heard that term before. It's basically like, so yoga is the Indian, like yoga comes from like India previously. That's about the extent of my understanding of it. Qigong is kind of like, for me, this is how I define it in my own brain. Qigong is kind of like the Chinese version of yoga and it's mostly done standing versus a lot of yoga is done you know, on the floor, on your hands, you know, you know, like bending and all those things. Qigong is more standing. That's just how I understand it. So the difference is I am a, I am not, I, I am a person who dabbles in Qigong. I do Qigong sometimes, occasionally, but I'm not a person who does Qigong. Yoga, I would be lying. If, if It would feel like a lie if I said, I'm a person who sometimes does yoga. To me, I'm like, what? I'm just a per I'm I'm a person who does yoga. I'm a yoga person. I just that's just me, right? It's something that I don't have to put a lot of effort into doing all the time. It doesn't feel weird when I do it, right? I'm just a person who does yoga. So previous like I've never I've my whole life. I mean, I maybe did like glorified stretches in high school, college, but never was I like a yoga person up until maybe like three, four years ago, I would say I did it a lot more heavily. And then now it's like nothing for me to on a Sunday do it for like, you know, an hour thing, which ends up being like a total of like, if I do an extended warm up with like some breathing, and then I do like a 45 minute hour long yoga sequence. And then after that, like I do an extended Shavasana, which is kind of just like you lay on the ground, like a dead body and you just breathe and you just kind of let it let your body settle. Like it's nothing for me to be in my office here with my space heater to keep the the room warm for like two hours when it's all said and done after I set up and do the whole thing. And then I have to like put everything away. It's a whole thing. <laughs> okay. So that's one example. Um, like I said earlier, like in college, I had the desire to digitize my life. Was it digitized? No, it wasn't right like I clung very I, I clung clutched I don't know what word I'm trying to use I I use I would just I could not give up my paper planner never it just like was a for sure no but I had the desire to digitize it and use just a digital calendar I had the desire even if I didn't know how I was gonna do it right? You don't have to know exactly how you're going to do something before you do it. Because there's no roadmap for that. I mean, yes, obviously I give you roadmaps, obviously. But for the most part, it's like you don't know how you do it until you do it. Which totally sucks for those of us. Like I'm for sure in this camp of like, I cannot believe it's possible unless I have the exact right, correct how-to steps. I'm going to pause here just to let that sink in like are you waiting for like the exact right like steps to let yourself have permission to believe that it's possible for you to go paperless right I'm so sorry that doesn't exist I wish it did I do my best but if it existed and it worked I would give it to you <laughs> think about that okay some other things I have had desire for that ended up I achieved it like and I think, I think even too, like, I just want to drive home the point of like this, if this is your only reason that you have to believe it's possible for you, like if it feels like that much of a stretch, this is all you need to believe that it's possible enough to take action to make it happen. You don't need this and a bunch of other reasons. You don't need like all the other people's opinions of like them telling you that it is possible for you to do the damn thing. Like you don't need any of that other shit. If you need it, let this be the only reason that you need. Let it be enough. If you have desire for something, believe that it's possible. Right? Uh, 
when I first started my business back in, I don't know, like 2018 or something, like I went into people's homes and I drove to their house, strangers that I did not know that was extraordinarily jarring for me <laughs> later to come find out I have autism. Obviously that was extraordinarily jarring for me at the time. I did not know. Anyway. So at that time I'm like, okay, I just fucking love organizing. I love helping people. I don't want to drive to their house. Cool. And I think even in, you know, law of attraction language, if you're saying, I don't want to drive to people's houses to help them. The universe cannot respond to that. They're just going to keep giving you more of that, right? So if I say, I don't want to drive to people's houses to help them. Okay, flip it. What's like the opposite of that? Not the opposite, but like the flip is, okay, I want to work from home right? It's much easier for the universe to respond to you if it knows what you want. That's good to know, right? So if I want to work from home, right? Because I could have said I want to work from an office and help people. That would be very different. But then that I like, since I knew that I wanted to work from home and this was even before COVID, right? And I ended up, it ended up, it ended up, okay. Um, it ended up happening, right? I wanted to work from home. I believed it was possible. I didn't fucking know how I was going to do it because at the time I'm like, my business model is I drive to your house and you pay me, right? I did not know exactly what it would look like to work from home yet, right? Ultimately, over time, I ended up kind of just evolving, like letting my business evolve to a point where like, okay, drive to your house once or twice to get all your, you know, paper and photos and whatever else needs organized and digitized. And I take it home with me. And in my home office, I organize it, I give it back. And that was like the in-between business model. And then over time, I'm like, mm, I don't like this because no one learns anything, right? And then it's like, you can't maintain that system. It'd be extraordinarily difficult. So then I'm like, okay, don't want that. I want to help people from home. I want to help them figure out and learn the systems they need that work for them that then they can maintain forever. Not for like 2.5 seconds and that's cool and then they go back to doing it the way they were doing it. Like I wanna teach people how to set up all these systems and maintain them for the rest of their life. That sounds so fucking fun to me. And if you're here, surprise, surprise, I did that. And I am doing that. I am in that result. I believe that I can do it because I did it, right? That's another amazing example. Another fun one is, so my whole life, I have never owned white sheets. I have always been the type of like, well, I only wash them like once in a blue moon. <laughs> and like generally, like so this is kind of a whole different can of worms, but in terms of laundry, I've been doing laundry since sixth grade because every once in a while, like, so I have two sisters, I'm the middle, we're all like relatively close in age. So growing up, my mom would always mix our clothes up, even though we had separate closets. And I'm like, no. And then I'd see my sister wearing one of my damn shirts and I'd get so mad because I'm like, that's my damn shirt. Anyway, I just, for lots of reasons, started to do my own laundry in sixth grade. Um, also because if my mom happened to be behind on laundry, um, which made sense because, you know, we were a whole family and like we had this like cool laundry chute from the second floor to the bottom, like the, the it literally just spit out your laundry in the laundry room. Anyway, but like if my mom was behind on laundry and if I had like, you guys know what I'm talking about when I say safe clothes right? Clothes that don't have a bad tag, don't have like weird itchy fabric, don't have like one small little like, like for me, my shoulders, my like upper arms, like my bicep and tricep area, it's kind of like big. So if a shirt had like thin skinny armholes, it's a no, especially if like I couldn't bring my arms out in front of me and it would like make it tight like you guys know what I'm saying right like I had the clothes that like I could trust that weren't gonna send me into sensory overload during school or like playing around outside like and then if those were dirty and I like wanted to wear them like forget it <laughs> right so like it makes sense so I've been doing laundry for a long damn time and I don't struggle anymore with like oh my god how do I do laundry why do I have to separate this? It makes no sense. And like really just figuring out all the systems and routines to not let it like be mildewy and, dis mildewy and disgusting in the wash for like several days. Okay, so 
basically up until maybe like not quite a year ago. It's it's been within the last 12 months that I said, okay, I'm tired. Like the most recent colored pair of sheets I, I bought. I promise this is relevant. Stay with me. <laughs> they were light blue. And I have a gray um, bed skirt. Okay, that matches. Um, at the time, I had like a white and gray Ikea, like duvet cover. So it like wasn't totally white, but I sure, I for sure didn't know what I was doing. So like over time, yellowed. Gross, I know. I know you, you guys are not alone, seriously. And um, like, so my skin's super dry. I have to like put on a lot of body oils at night. So I think like that getting on those sheets I got, I got them from Target, right? So then I'm like extraordinarily top of the line anyway it like made a yellowing like a yellow big blob where I laid because the oil would get on it and I'm like this is some bullshit I fucking hate this <laughs> it looks disgusting and I've only I only owned them owned them for like three months I would wash them weekly and I'm like why why so anyway I wanted to be the type of person who has white sheets and white like bedding but I'm like there's no way I can take care of that I would have to go look in my closet, but I can almost guarantee you I own zero white shirts and pants. Zero. Zero. Did you hear me? Zero. <laughs> right? I use my shirt as a napkin frequently. Right? I It, it just, uh, with like, I'm not clumsy, but like, I think there's something with ADHD and a word called proprioception. I don't know tons about it, but basically like, sometimes I just lose track of my limbs and like, I don't know, I like whack my hip on like a counter as I'm walking by and I don't know, like I don't, I just like, plus I'm a messy eater, which is surprising. Like when I'm wiping the table off at the end of the night after dinner, like Neil's spot is, you know, it has like some regular crumbs, sure. Mine is like, there's a blob here and like there's this little smudge here and like it just is like so messy and I'm like, who did this? Who was this person that got this table all messy? So my point here is, I wanted to become the type of person who has white sheets. So I didn't, and I didn't know how to take care of whites. I'm like, I guess you use bleach, right? Eventually I'm like, this is some bullshit. I'm freaking learning. I'm willing to learn whatever I need to learn to be the type of person that has white sheets. So I did all the Googling. I did all the Pinteresting. I did all the like figuring out the science of like the soaps and the whites and like, how do you freaking take care of whites? right? And not just like, excuse me, like one thing that was important to me in making this stick forever and like actually being able to understand it and keep it going is I needed to understand the science of like, well, why like, and you Google it and it's like, you would think you just throw bleach in there. Turns out that's not the freaky case, right? So it's, and this might even be helpful for you guys to know, right? Like my old Ikea one started to get yellowing on it. Because I learned that if you wash them, like, let's say I throw them in the washer, I throw soap in there and also some bleach. When the, when your thing has oil, your oils on it from your body and bleach comes into contact with it, that's why it yellows. I learned. I'm pretty sure I'm right on this still because that's how I've been taking care of these so far and so far so good. So if you put bleach directly with the load of like the first wash, it comes in contact with the oils and it makes it yellow, yellowing. And it's like, you cannot remove it. I don't think so. So if I like, so I learned that like this thing, this magical thing called OxyClean, there's a version for whites. I'm like done buying that. And so I use that with the soap in my laundry. And I also learned sometimes fabric softener, like basically just gives your, your clothes like a waxy coating and is not as great for whites. Now I do use those little smelly beads and those are fucking awesome. But if it comes to the point where they're starting to yellow, I'm for sure going to suspect that first. Anyway, to circle back. <laughs> so now if I want to use bleach, like you can, and also like, like if you have a, like, so cotton, you can bleach cotton. Like technically you can throw in bleach with like fabrics that aren't cotton, like polyester or whatever, but the bleach will only whiten fabric that is cotton, right? Not even like, it won't probably do much on like a half cotton, half something else. It's just a full cotton. And then it, listen, you guys can tell I have hyper-focused and done all the deep dives on this, obviously. Let me sum this up because I just feel like 
maybe someone needs to hear this about the whites and then I'll come back. <laughs> so if, you're, if your fabric is fully something else or like half and half, the bleach won't do much, even on like the second round. So what I did is like, okay, I went on Amazon and I'm like 100% cotton sheets, all the stuff. So I'm like, okay, got all the cotton stuff. Now to take care of them, I have to wash them freaking regularly. Like, and in hot, the hot will melt the oils or whatever and make the oils come out better. And you use soap. Don't overload the soap, just a little soap. You know, maybe like three quarters of the amount you normally do for a regular load. Make sure your washer is clean. Like I'll take my little wipey and like I have to wipe off. Anyway, it's not relevant. Um, if I want to use bleach. First wash, I do soap and OxyClean. Cool. Now the oils are off of it. Now it's free game. If I want to let it soak in some bleach for like an hour and a half or something, I will wash them again. I know that sounds like overkill, but I'm telling you it's worth it. Because now I'm the type of person who has white sheets and they're not nasty. So the second round, I wash them. You can maybe throw a little bleach in there, just to, or a, a little soap, like just to, I don't know, to be soapy. And then you put bleach in there. And then it will actually do what bleach is supposed to do. And then I air dry them, especially if I put the smelly beads. Mm. If I put them out on the line, mm, so good. Can't do that in the winter though. So my laundry room is like a jungle of sheets air drying <laughs> every Thursday that I do laundry. Okay, I'm coming back. I'm coming back. I wanted to become the type of person who has white sheets on her bed. I have done that, people. Are you listening? I did it. I wanted it. And I, that was the only reason I needed. And I believed it was possible and I did it. And I have white sheets and they're beautiful and amazing. Okay. Enough of that. <laughs> um, another fun one is like, so I wanted way back in the day, like I probably started plucking my eyebrows. <sighs> Fifth grade, maybe. That's like when my, where my memories go to. And I didn't know what I was doing. So I'd have to like dig up pictures. But they looked like, my eyebrows looked like upside down Nike symbols. They like arched towards the like inside. And then they like kind of slowly like, like, like diagonal, like went out and down. However, I'm like, this looks terrible. I have to figure this out. I want to be the type of person that has amazing eyebrows and doesn't have to fill them in freakishly. Like I say freakishly, but like for me, it's like if, if I have something on my eyebrows and like it smudges or like I, I do it wrong, like that will fuck up my whole day. <laughs> you guys know what I'm talking about. So I'm like, listen, I don't know if it's possible, but I do know that I would like to have naturally great looking eyebrows. Now, what do I do to them on a daily basis that I like do makeup for real? I just have like clear mascara and I know the right kind. Like there's the kind of like the pink or like the pink or green tube and like the pink or green lid. I forget what brand that is. That kind I don't like because if you put it on your eyebrows, it doesn't harden. It doesn't get crusty, which is what I want. And like it will smudge and it will not stay in place if you touch them. And that's like impossible because I touch my face constantly. Again, I want to be the type of person that like never touches her face. I'm like halfway there. Cool. I figured out the con like the brand that I like. It's like a clear tube with the white lid. Couldn't even maybe cover. I don't know. But I had to like especially go to Walgreens because my Walmart doesn't carry it. I don't know why, but I know Walgreens always has it. So I go there like, I don't know, once a year and get like a four or five of them. And then I just keep them all year long because I know that's my right. So anyway, I wanted to be the type of person that has amazing eyebrows. Perfectly symmetrical. I don't have to pluck them like extraordinarily lots. Like I pluck them once a week or maybe twice a week occasionally. Like, but it's never crazy. Like I know what I'm doing now because I fucked them up so bad and had to organically over time the slow excruciating process of like retraining your eyebrows. And like, fortunately I was young enough. I think that's why mine like would regrow and like grew where I plucked them where I shouldn't have. Fortunately. So now if you see pictures of me, I'd have to check the podcast artwork if you can see my eyebrows very good. But like, if you look at me straight on in a call, like you can come to the live call just to look at my eyebrows. That's fine with me. You can even tell me. That's why you're here. I'll show you, right? They're fantastic. I fucking love my, it's one of my favorite features about myself. So I'll just leave that one there. I wanted amazing eyebrows that I didn't have to like 
go to crazy lengths to have, right? Like, and eyebrows for me, like my personal philosophy on eyebrows is if your eyebrows are great, even if you're wearing no other makeup, no foundation, no eyeliner, no mascara, no lipstick, no nothing, your face will still look pretty good, right? Even your hair is a mess. Like your eyebrows frame your face and they like, they're just like magic. I'm like, I want that. I want to look better for less effort. I'm in. <laughs> okay. Uh, I think that's enough from that list. That's probably enough fun ones. Let's go into, let's go into the list of like things I haven't done yet, but I do have a desire to do them. Even if they're not totally fulfilled yet, I might be like halfway I might be not even 1% of the way. I might be 90%. I'm not totally there yet, but this is just some more proof that if I have desire to do something, it's enough proof that I need that I can do it, right? Okay, so these are some examples. Now that I'm saying this out loud, my list, like I wrote, I do have desire for being a life coach. Okay, that needs to be moved to the other list. I'm already a life coach. Um, okay. I have the desire to make a million dollars a year in my life coaching business. At least, you know, maybe more, but at least I have that desire deep down within me. I want to be a million dollar life coach. I want to help enough people and create enough value in the world that I, that I make, I create um, over a million dollars of value in the world. What? That's crazy to think about. And it can be done because I have the desire to do it. Are you getting the point? <laughs> it's possible. It's not. Obviously, I haven't done it yet. Right? I'm on my way. Right? But I believe that it's possible. Even if I have no fucking clue how I will do it. Right? Like, if you told me three years ago that I'd be a fucking life coach. What? No. Gross. I don't want to be a life coach. But then I'm like, okay. Eventually... I landed, I landed here. Here we are. So there's a fun one. Um, I want to own my own home and organize it and just decorate the shit out of it. How I like to my style and like mix me and Neil's styles to where it's not like you couldn't tell that he lives there just based on how I've, um, control. What's the word? Um, not control freak, but just how I like, I just took it all over. I just did whatever the fuck I wanted and just like, it's all mine. Right. Like, and you know, in terms of like accessibility, that's something huge for me. Like even things like that I do to this house that we like, we live in it. It's technically the farmhouse on the farm. So like we rent it technically. It's a, it's a complicated thing. We don't, we're not the owners of this house, even though Neil and his family owns the farm in the house. It doesn't matter. Anyway, I want to own my own home and decorate and organize the shit out of it. It'll be amazing. And we're actually going to look at houses. We've already looked at one. We've looked at a couple. We might be moving soon. So that one's fun. And I believe that's possible because I have the desire to do it. Okay, another fun one that I haven't had yet that I will because I have the desire for it is a white GMC Yukon. Aren't those just the sexiest fucking vehicles ever? They're just so sexy and I want one. One day I will have one. Mark my words. I said this on whatever day it is, February, 2022. Cool. <laughs> uh, another thing I have desire for that I'm like, I'm in the river of misery for sure with it. If you don't know what I'm talking about with the river of misery, I record another podcast. Uh, let me go look what number that was. Come on, come on. Where is it? Oh, 53. River of Misery. Basically, I'm working on it. My brain is catching up. We're getting there. So this one, I have desire to heal and reverse. Well, I don't even like the word reverse. I don't love. but So I have Graves' disease, which is an autoimmune thyroid disorder, right? So... A lot of people are familiar with hypothyroidism. I have hyperthyroidism and I have the autoimmune form of it. So you can have hyperthyroidism without it being an autoimmune issue. Your thyroid is just running high. I have the autoimmune version, which is like a whole like different animal to treat. And like there is a, there is a set of people who 
and this is like my Western doctor saying this, like 20, about 20 to 30% of people go into remission and don't have to get surgery to remove your thyroid. She doesn't talk like this. I don't know why this is her voice. Or, or you take this radioactive pill and it destroys your thyroid and then you have to be on both of those medication for the rest of your life. And I'm like, no, thank you. So anyway, I've been working with a functional medicine doctor and I've had to change lots of things and it's not super fun, but I'm willing to do these things to make that happen. Now, it would be amazing. And I don't fully believe, like you can hear it in my voice. Like I do not yet totally believe that it's possible because I'm not there yet and I haven't fully done it yet. But just the fact that I've been having this desire for years, I was diagnosed probably 2018 ish it was like literally within the same week that I was diagnosed with ADHD don't know how that landed in the same week um so like ever since then it's been like oh I want to I'm gonna be in that camp of people that doesn't have to be on medication for the rest of their their lives I don't know how I'm gonna do it and I for sure am like the self-doubt some days just like like whips me back into bed but I'm still showing up for it I don't fully believe, but the fact that I have desire to do it is only the only reason I need to believe that it is possible. So there's that. Now, I think that's probably my last example. What do you guys think? What are those things that you're like, oh, for sure it's my dream to do X, Y, Z? or to make this dollar amount a year, or to travel to this place. Like if you have a desire to travel to a place or to go on like and visit like certain places or go on these adventures, like what are those things that they like, they so they feel so obvious to you. So that's why it's hard for you to see. But like, what's interesting sometimes for me is like, if I happen to be online somewhere or talking with someone and talking about like what they want to do with their lives or just in general goals, um, conveniently I'm in this environment a lot with my clients of like you know like maybe a client wants to travel the world and go to different countries and like I don't know something for work and I'm like for contrast like from a place of contrast like it's nice for me personally selfishly because I'm like oh that's fun to know but I don't want that at all (laughs) I have very little desire to travel I just am not interested. I'm perfectly content and happy in my own house in the same zip code forever. I'm totally fine with that. (laughs) So that's fun to like from a place of contrast and seeing like all the different varieties of people and what other people want. It's like, oh, or, or even like obvious things that I still think are worth questioning too of like, I want to be married and have children. But like if, if somebody had said like, oh, I want to have 12 children. You can kind of feel it in your body when that happens. And you're like, oh, I don't want that. (laughs) Right? Um, Like, do you want kids? It might feel obvious because a lot of us are just expected and assumed. Yes, you want to get married and you want to have kids, but maybe you don't. I think it's even worth questioning, even if you question it and come back to the same conclusion of, yeah, I want to be married to a man and I want to have babies with him. Right? Or even things like, do you want to adopt Maybe your desire is, yes, I do want to adopt children, right? You maybe don't know how that will happen, but there's always that possibility if you have the desire to do that versus like, if you want to have your own kids, like you can have the desire to do that too. I just think it's all worth questioning. All of it. Just all of it. I even did a podcast on that. Question everything, right? Okay. That's what I got for you guys this week. Isn't that fun? You guys got to have like a deep dive into my own life. Um... Seriously, like I would spend some time even just like with some blank paper or however your favorite flavor is of brainstorming a blank word document, a voice message to yourself or venting to a friend, whatever it is, like brainstorm this one out. Like what are those things that you've done because you wanted to do them? You didn't know how you're going to do them, but you did them. Here you are. Congratulations. Nice job. Well done. And then what are those things? That you're like, ooh, I really want to do this thing. What are the things I have desire for that I don't yet know how to do? But that's okay because I don't need to know all the how-to steps. But I have desire for these things. And that's just good to know. You don't even have to do anything for the list. Just write them down. Right? 
I think that that's a magical first step. Okay. That is what I have for you guys this week. Next week's episode is going to be about taxes. Now, I've gone to a place with taxes. Oh, that's another fun one. Like, I wanted to be the type of person who, like, knows accounting words. <laughs> like, I can fluently speak accountant. I can fluently speak profit and loss reports and taxes. And even, like, to the point, and this is so fun, and I just, like, I have to hold myself back from diving deep because it's just so fun. Like, it's so fun now to the point where it's, like, for sure, I used to be completely in the dark on my personal taxes. And then when I started a business, holy shit, right? Like talk about a learning curve. Anyway, now I'm the type of person who can speak accounting so much so that when Neil like is confused about something with his complicated farm taxes and like wildly complex ag, ag stuff and like, he, I can speak accounting to him even so much so that I'm like, do you actually mean XYZ thing or XYZ form or website or, 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 or concept or whatever? And sometimes like, it's not correcting him. It's just like, I think you actually mean blah, blah, blah. Or if he's like confused on something, I can kind of give him a couple options. And I'm like, which one did you mean? And he's like, oh, the first one or something like that. And I'm like, damn, I'm good. So that's a fun one. So I'm going to talk about taxes next week. It'll be fun because it'll be a little bit different of a pace. And um, like I said earlier, like the taxes episode, like it'll be more so less of me like ranting and more just like... I'm just going to list off a bunch of reasons that I've prepared for you guys that you guys have either told me in a coaching call or I know from personal experience or like I even asked my sister a couple things about like why why do taxes suck? She has ADHD too. She highly, highly suspects. So it's like what are all those things that like make it suck bad? And then you can take me articulating it to you. Take it wherever you want. It could be solved just by hearing it articulated to you and just like said back to you in a way clearer way that feels way less jumpily than what's in your head right now something you didn't maybe even know you had a problem with probably i'll repeat it back to you so that's super fun so stay tuned for that one again come to the next live coaching call march 8th at 2 p.m central right second tuesday of the month at 2 p.m central um that's all i got all right you all have an amazing week bye